0: to uh, do this morning um, uh, part two of delighting in the Lord. Uh, last week we just shared about delighting in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. So many scriptures rejoice in the Lord always. We focused on about basically our first uh, priority and our highest focus is delighting ourselves in God. The person of God, not uh, what he can do for you. Um, yes, we do understand there's been wonderful, great orators who have cleverly... Um, you know, kind of put things together that we were after His face and then we were after His hands and no, and, and now we kind of, His hands and His face are close together, so we can go after His face and His hands. Um, just take all of that and throw that in the dustbin and simply just understand something very simple. God wants us to delight in Him. He is I everything. And if we can get this right, this, this epitomizes what the church is all about. If we get this out of order, that's why wow, the church is in been in the place where it's been in for many, many years. It's got this out of focus or out of order. The bottom line is that first and foremost, God wants us to delight in him, amen. He wants us to be captivated by him, by the person of God, just him. He's my everything, and as I delight in him, so everything else flows from that. Not first and foremost, I'm after performance, whatever we're doing to get something, but first and foremost, I'm after preference, amen. It's quiet. If you enjoy him completely, he is the one who is completely enjoyable. When Jesus asked, and he said, was asked, what's the greatest commandment, Matthew twenty-two thirty-five 35 to 38, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. I shared this last week. If you go look in the Bible, anytime where it uses those phrases, all your heart, mind, soul, strength, whatever, always first is heart. He's first and foremost, he wants your heart. Amen. He wants you to prefer, he wants preference, first and foremost. He doesn't want you just doing. Amen. He wants you to delight, delight in him, then you can do. So as a church, the focus has always been about what we're supposed to do. The focus is about delighting in him, and it all flows from there. So that's all I've just been trying to make sure we get as a church, get this right. One of our, or our mission statement in this church is love lived out. You cannot Fulfill that mission statement if you're not delighting in the Lord. You have to be delighting in the Lord to be able to fulfill that. Um, love can only be lived out. We do know, uh, and uh, when I met with Gavin this week and we were just sharing, um, that we love because he first loved us. So there is an absolute delight in God. A, a God who looked and knew that we were sinners, that we couldn't even get close to him. If we even got near God, we'd been incinerated by his holiness. Uh, he came down. Not like any other religion that wants to try and cause people to try and work hard to go up. He comes down and he puts himself in the dust where we were in the dust. And, uh, and he lifts us up and he brings us back to himself. Not back into right standing so now that I can actually, I, I didn't run to the giant and grab the golden goose. And I've run now, whatever, and the goose now lays all the eggs. It's all wonderful. No, he brought us back to himself. He is our delight. He is our joy. And through Our relationship and our joy with Him, everything else flows. Amen. So that's kind of what we're trying to share this morning. Obviously, the the second commandment flows from the first commandments, just like the first commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So they work together. So if we want love lived out, we want to love our neighbor as ourselves, we have to first delight and love Him. That's what loving God is, is to delight ourselves in Him. So I want to kind of uh, just kick off from that, and I want us to quickly go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, just to help you with a bit of grounding from a scriptural point of view here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Just quickly look at this. It's a beautiful passage of scripture, and it epitomizes the love of God. And it simply says this. We want you to know, brothers, Paul speaking to the Corinthians, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. The grace of God that's been given among the churches of Macedonia. We want to hear about this. It says, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Now what Paul was doing here was he was gathering together a whole bunch of money to take to Jerusalem for the poor in Jerusalem. And yeah, you have the grace of God that's just been poured out over the Macedonians, over the churches in Macedonia, and we see this most amazing thing that it says here that for in severe test of affliction, the abundance of joy and the extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Isn't this amazing that when we have a look here, Their joy did not flow from a place of prosperity. Because the Bible says they were in extreme poverty. Their joy did not overflow from a place of comfort and having everything, because it's set in a severe test of affliction. But there was an overflow of incredible joy that led to generosity. Friends, what we're talking about here is they delighted themselves in God, as they delighted themselves in God, there was an overflow of such joy. When you delight yourself in God and there's an overflow of such joy, friends, it flows to others. They were, they were so excited, such joy. In extreme poverty and also in ex- extreme affliction, friends, they were joyful. It tells me that that there's something here that's not based on on your circumstance, your situation, or your bank account. There's something about delighting in God where He becomes everything and I overflow with joy. To such a degree, friends, that it says they gave from their means and they gave beyond their means. Now that should smack a holy cow in the church completely right between the eyes and it should go mooing right out the door. Because we all sit there and we gonna kind of go, no, but right now, friends, I don't really have the means. Well, get the light in God. Because this is a church that was so overjoyed, there was such generosity, friends, they gave from their means and not even from their means. That doesn't mean you go into debt to give to God. That means, friends, that you don't rely on your means. Woo, stay there for a while. That's good. Thank you, that's good preaching, Ron, thank you. That is really good preaching. Friends, the reality is here that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, the overflow of that is love lived out. My encouragement as a church, that's our, our mission statement, that's what we declare as a church. Friends, I wanna encourage you, and I wanna strengthen you, and I wanna thank you. I wanna say that we've pushed through as a church. We've pushed through for something that I believe is the gospel, I believe it's the delight of the Lord, I believe it's the right way that we need to operate and do things, friends. It's not time to give up right now. It's time to hold fast because he's about to do something amazing and wonderful. Because friends, there's about to be an outpouring and it's for those that have delighted themselves in him because they're gonna give them the desires of their heart. Because this is the right order, friends. First, delight yourself in him. He is my everything, all consumed. He's, he's, he's my all-satisfying God. But that's not where he wants us to stay, friends. That overflows. It's an overflow where it flows into others. And that's when God begins to work and begins to do a whole bunch of stuff. So, so that's kind of where I want to kind of launch all from this morning, I hope. Uh, maybe I can, uh, I, I'd love to share a, 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 an illustration. hope it, it kind of helps and grounds us. Um, we, we have the privilege of, where's Matt and Zoe? Sorry. We have the privilege of—we're uh, going to be marrying Matt and Zoe in the next uh, little while, and uh, it's awesome. It's—it's it's, it's such a privilege. And um, what I love is I love doing marriage counselling. I think it's so lekker, and I love how the people respond to marriage counselling. And they—they're just epitomise a great response, you know. So I love sharing stories, and and they just their faces and they get so excited, and and so. While we were actually chatting to them yesterday, just on marriage counseling, th- this kind of stirred in my heart, so I'm just going to use this as an illustration. It Jane and I, we had our 25th wedding anniversary a couple of months back, and, um, and imagine this, just picture this. So now it's my 25th wedding anniversary, yes, it's the 25th, so should be taking it to Mauritius, whatever, but uh, just, just work with me on the story. So, so let's just say I go and I buy 500 rands worth of red roses, and I book at uh, Monte Casino, um, the meat company, no, that would be my restaurant. Um <laughs> I book at uh, whatever, Raj, the Indian uh, restaurant or whatever the thing is, and, um, and I do a whole event and what have you, and I come home, and uh, normally, you know, obviously I have keys to the house, normally I come and I just walk in and hi, whatever, no, I, I stop at the door and knock, and I wait for her to come to the door, and I open the door, and I've got this huge bunch of roses, and, uh, and just give it to her and say, darling, we, um, we're just gonna go and, you know, go out for the evening, and just go get dressed and what have you, and, and uh, and she goes, "Wow, this is just so amazing! You know, why, why did you, you just, why you do this for me?" And and I said, "Well, um, you know, I'm doing marriage counselling. I've been studying the manual, and um, and it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and apparently, it gets you brownie points. And uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of I'm just I'm just doing my duty." Here another scenario, same scenario. I come to the door. Knock on the door. Jane comes. I give her this huge bunch of flowers, and she goes, wow, why did you you do this? This is so wonderful. I said, it's my absolute delight and my joy to spend my evening lavishing you and with you and spoiling you and just having fun with you. Oh, boy. How many you know there's a different response in those two scenarios? <laughs> Jane's not going to sit there and go, good grief, why did you spend so much money on the flowers? And yeah so, yeah, so just to make yourself happy. Jane delights that I delight in her. She delights that I honor her. She delights that I'm delighting in her. See, God's like that. That's why he gave us marriage, so I can give you this illustration, because of marriage. A lot of you standing here going, I don't know, white wall, black. The reason why we have marriage, friends, it's it's actually, it's a type. It typifies our relationship with God and who he is. So you might be sitting here today, I want to encourage you and say, well, how do I delight in the Lord? And I want to say it's a journey. It's a beautiful journey. Once we give our lives to the Lord, we journey on this. And as we journey on this, everything is speaking to us about who God is not just his word and studying it and getting into duty, but actually the heavens, the the, the whole of creation is speaking, friends are speaking. When I have an incredible uh, moment with a friend where um, I've done something wrong and, and, and the, incre- the friend shows incredible patience with me and I'm so blessed by their patience, celebrate their patience, I realize that that's just a part and a very uh, limited uh, part of what, patience really is and what it looks like and to know that God is perfect and that his patience is perfect delights makes my heart delight I delight in him I go wow I was so blessed by this limited patience but to know that you are all complete patience Lord just makes me so excited It's how I begin to delight in the Lord so my journey is about delighting in him right everything in God is about a process church not about instantaneous not about events it's about a journey. So how do we delight in the Lord? We, it's every day. I'm looking, I'm seeing, I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting to know him more and more through everything, friends. It's all about him, but he uses things to point to him. Amen. Delighting in God is our highest duty because loving God and loving people are two great commandments and joy in God is the essence of one and the spring of the other. Okay, can we turn? I want to really speak on Matthew 7, verses 7 to 11 this morning. Can we, talk, can we just go to Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 7 to 11? I'm going to use a word this morning I about mean, how we delight in God. See, God loves we, we, that we delight in Him because we love to be a father, and we delight in Him because He's an amazing father. Listen to the father speaking this morning. It says, ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened or which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone if he asks for fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good good things to those who ask of him, verse twelve. So whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now this is an amazing and amazing scripture. Just take two minutes this morning. Just let's just ponder on this. That God has declared and said something most amazing, most wonderful. He said, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Everyone." Who asks, receives, and um, everyone who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks will be opened. Um, And he says, um, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Now just as you're pondering that beautiful promise and that beautiful declaration, just consider this, God is infinitely strong. And he can do all that he pleases. And God is infinitely righteous, so that he only does what is right. And he is infinitely good, so that everything he does is perfectly good. And he is infinitely wise, so that he always knows perfectly what is right and good. And he is infinitely loving, so that in all his strength and righteousness and goodness and wisdom, he raises the eternal joy. Of his loved ones. Now think about that. That's the person now that's given you a promise and said that you will be answered and that you will receive. Wow. Infinitely strong, infinitely strong to achieve, infinitely good that he only gives good gifts. Infinitely wise that he knows exactly what we need and what to give us. Friends, here's a God who's opening the opportunity and saying, Pray to me, ask me. What I give you is only good. What I give you is perfect. What I give you is all that you need. I, what, what I can give you is just. Woo! Mind blowing. Yet the reality is, in the life of the church, we battle to get people to pray. And the enemy must have done a really good job on the people of God. It's one of the greatest tragedies in the church: is how little we are inclined to pray. And um, yeah, just it reminded me of another uh, 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 story in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter fourteen. It's a parable, uh, verses eighteen to twenty, where God um, um, is uh, he's. Uh, calls and and, and, and declares a huge, big banqueting feast. It's the greatest feast this world has ever seen. It's an incredible banqueting feast. It's a massive, everything that's good, beautiful, lovely, everything that's nourishing, everything that's great, every table has Coke on it. No. It's just... It's just, it's a lavish, it's a huge lavish feast. And he says, listen, come on, you're all welcome. And he invites people to come to this amazing feast. And when it's time to have the feast, and he goes out, he sends the people out, and says, listen, come, come to this amazing feast. And what happens? He goes to the first person, and the person says, sorry, I bought a piece of land. I've got to go and see it. Goes to the next person, the person says, sorry, I bought five oxen. I've got to go and check that everything's working and that everything's lacquer. Goes to another person, they've, Said so I just got married, um, so I can't make it. But isn't it amazing how we'll move, I was going to say heaven and earth, but we can't move, he- well, we can move Him. It's how we will we'll change our diaries, we'll move around, we'll pay finances, whatever, and that's to go to weddings, to go to big uh, 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 business dues or whatever, and with these big banqueting feasts, we will ch- do whatever we got to do to get to go to those feasts. But here God is inviting us to the most incredible banqueting feast. And guess what the excuses are? Three things. One, land, material possessions. Two, oxen, business. Three, got married, family. Material possessions, business, family. I can't make your banqueting feast. Now, does God want us to have material possessions? Does God want us to have businesses? Does God want us to have family? Of course he does, in the right order, in the right process. The biggest thing is delighting in him and his banqueting feast. If you carry on with that same chapter and you just read further, it says... If you do not, and it's a tough, it's a strong, strong words. I I, I don't think we've captured it right in the English language, but it says, if you don't hate mother, father, brothers, sisters, um, for me, then you cannot be my disciple. What it's really saying is that I'm the first priority. You can't put anything else in higher priority than me. That's what it's really saying. Of course he loves family and loves us to love. Of course he does. So that would be silly to interpret it as you must hate them. It's the same as... I mean, we've got to get over this in the Bible. God wants us to be prosperous. Friends, he delights that we have material possessions. He delights that we have houses and and blessings and and investments and finance. Of course, he delights in it. He delights that our businesses flourish and that they're great. Of course, he delights in it. He delights that we have family and we spend time with them and rejoice in them and go away with them and have all of that. Of course, he delights in that. That must flow from a place of delighting in the Lord, though. He is our first and highest priority. He is our first satisfying. That's why in Job where it says, make the gold your dust. And make God your gold. So, Let's just quickly have a look at Matthew, because what I'm trying to do, I hope I'm stirring up hearts to pray again. I hope I'm stirring up hearts to believe. I hope I'm stirring up hearts to delight in the Lord. This is how good God is. This is how amazing He is. He's stirring us here, and He's inviting us to pray. And when He's inviting us to pray, look what He, he actually, three times He invites us. He says, um, ask. He says, seek. And He says, knock. Three times, Ask. Seek and knock. And then he, he kind of gives you us promises uh, that relate to that. When he says ask, he says you will, it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Uh, knock, it will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. So the one who knocks, it will be opened. Ask your father for what you need. Seek your father for the help you need. Knock on the door of your father's house so he will open and give you what you need. Seven promises given to you, find, opened. Everyone who asks receives. One who seeks finds. To The one who knocks, opened. How much more will your father who's in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? What I want to encourage us with here, God covers all the bases in the story, and just so you you, you can catch it all, as He says, "Ask, and you'll receive; seek, you will find; and knock, and the door will be open." And He uses it in the context of a father. The whole illustration is about a father. What an amazing blessing that we are coming to a father always to a father, children coming to a father. Think of this, picture a house, picture a family, picture a home, picture that even your kids as they've come to you. The first one it says is ask and you'll receive. That means I can come up to my father and he's there. That means in your and my journey, you and I walk with the Lord. Man, I'm spending time with God. I feel so great. I feel so wonderful. I feel like he's right next to me. He's so there. He's so near. It's so wonderful. I just come up to my father and I ask. I say, Dad, this is what I'm needing, and he gives it to me. But there are other times in our lives, too, friends, when actually uh, I don't kind of feel like he's near. I don't know where he is. I'm trying to find him. The Bible says, "No problem, seek." If you're a little child in the house and like you can't find your dad, you're walking around. Where's my dad? Where's, he? Where, where's he? Oh, there he is. He's in the kitchen. I seek him out, friends. It's the same with us. Sometimes in our lives, we go through journeys where I'm not sure where the Lord is. I, I, I don't feel, I feel like he's close right there with me. But the Bible says, seek him out. Seek and you will find. And then just in case you're kind of not sure, he gives you a third analogy, which is sometimes when the little child's walking around the house, the dad actually has gone to his, his study, and he's in his study. So the little child goes up to the door and knocks on the door. Yoo-hoo! Dad, it's me, and the door will be opened. And he says, come, knock, and it will be opened to you. Sometimes in our lives, we feel like there's a whole bunch of obstacles, a whole bunch of stuff in our lives. I don't even know where God is. I don't know. The Bible says just knock. Man, he's covering all the bases for us, church. He's saying, listen, ask, and you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be open." It's me. It's your father. You know as earthly fathers how, your earthly father knows how to good gifts, good, give good gifts. And he, your earthly father, is way somewhere down there, friends. That's why we never try and uh, understand God through our earthly fathers, as great as our earthly fathers might be or not be. I have a great earthly father. I'm not just saying that because he's in America at the moment, but I'm... <laughs> and he's not here. What I am saying, friends, is that the Bible gives an illustration. He says, even if my, my earthly father knows how to kind of give me good gifts, how much more your heavenly father, who's perfect, who knows how to give you good gifts. He's trying to give us a guarantee Yeah, I don't know if we're catching this. He's trying to tell us, man, I'm your father, I love you. I know how to give you good gifts. I know what's good, you might be sitting there going, well, it's not been my experience. Well, then change your experience. Because this is what truth says, friends. And I will believe truth, friends. And if we will stand on truth and believe truth, truth will set you and I free. And it will break us free in today of the fear and all these kind of things where sometimes I think, is God hearing me? Isn't He hearing me? I go to the Word of God, I go to truth, and it tells me I can either believe my experience or I can believe this truth. The truth tells me if I ask, He hears. Amen. If I knock, He's gonna open. So it doesn't matter where I'm at in God. It doesn't matter if I'm far from God, close to God. He says, don't worry, buddy, I got you covered. Because I'm a good father, I know how to give good gifts. And he's not a father. He says, if you're gonna ask for bread, I'm gonna give you a stone. Amen. Everyone who asks, receives. Ooh, I love that. Why? Because we're coming to a father a father who knows what we have need of. Now let me throw this out and then I'll give you another scripture and we we land it. The Bible says he only gives good gifts, good things to his children. It doesn't say that he gives you exactly what you asked for. Now he's using the analogy of a earthly father and him. Come on, let's use our God-gifted gray matter and let's think about this. Every single one of us who are fathers or if you're moms or whatever and your child comes to you and is three years old and says, mom, please can you give me a shotgun? I'm using a stupid illustration but I'm trying to get the point across. Amen? Or it just comes and it says there, Three years old. Mom, can I drink two liters of Coke? That's what I did. No. (laughs) I fell into a vat of coke. No. (laughs) Oblix. No. The reality is, friends, of course, they don't know actually what's good for them. They don't know that if you eat that, you're gonna it's gonna do you harm. Mom, can I eat this worm? Or whatever. And you go, no, you're not gonna eat that worm. No, can I run across this double lane highway? No, no. Of course you're not. You're going to your parent. You're going to say, "Look, nah, no, I know." Are you being horrible as a parent? Are you no? Because as a parent, you know what's good for them. So what the Bible's saying is, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will. Find, Knock and the door will be opened to you. I am a father. You are my kids. I know how to delight and to love and to bless you and to give you good things. But nowhere in there does it promise I'll give you exactly what you ask for because I'm good. I know what you need. I know what's, I know what's the good thing in your life. So instead of us getting wobbling because of what we asked for, we never got it the way we asked for it or how we wanted it or whatever, but to trust Him and to believe Him and to say, I believe your word and I'm going to stay in this place of faith and to say, Lord, as you give me, because I don't want anything God doesn't want me to have. Right? We only want whatever He's going to give us. So if I believe that He's such a gracious and a wonderful and a good God and His timings and everything are in His hands, I'm just trusting that whatever He gives me, it's good for me. It's right for me and I can relax in that and I can believe him and I can just enjoy him and delight in him because he's so good. He's perfect. I'm not talking about a person who's limping. I'm not talking about a person who's got some limitations. I'm talking about God who's perfect in every single way. I can't but delight. It's has gotta be the most wonderful thing. Come on, if you and I are listen, we're we, gonna we, we have a friend today. Imagine, and the friend is perfect in every single way. Man, I, I'm gonna delight in that guy or that lady or whatever. It's gonna be fantastic because they know exactly everything that I need. It's perfect. They know, they're perfect in every single way and they know exactly to perfectly provide, perfectly do whatever I need. That's what God is trying to tell us and it's saying we as his kids get the privilege because we're his children. You can trust him, he's already made you his kids. He's a father, it's in his house. We can go to the fridge, we can look in the fridge and we can say, "Whoa, that looks nice, I want that. And you know what, he's gonna hear you and he's gonna answer you. He may not give you that, but he's gonna give you something. Something that's good for you. Something that's gonna bless you. Something that you're gonna have fun and delight in. It's a guarantee, friends. Because his word, he never ever lets his word go. There's so much God wants us to walk in if we can just get this right. I was to drop in your heart and just t- tell you, one Corinthians chapter thirteen is the, is the chapter of love. How does one Corinthians thirteen start? You can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but if you don't have love, you can have prophetic powers. You can know all mysteries. You can know all knowledge. amazing? You can raise the dead. You can, you, you can have faith, it actually says, where you can move mountains. All faith. But if you have not love, it counts for nothing. Come on, he's trying to tell us something. Friends, can you imagine the church is going after what? The church is going after... Does God delight in the tongues of men and of angels? We speak in it, for goodness sake. Of course, He delights in it. Prophetic powers, the church is hungry and crazy for prophetic powers. I love to be able to look up and say, You live in 13 so-and-so and this street and whatever and that woo <laughs> prophetic powers, all magic, all mysteries. I know all mysteries. There's nothing does God delight in us knowing all mysteries? Of course, He wants us to know all mysteries. Does he delight in wanting us to know all knowledge? Of course. He wants to show us and he, he loves it. Oh, my kids, let me show you. Check this out. Let me show you what this the world doesn't even know this, but we'll give it to you. Patent it. Get some finance. He loves that. He loves showing you the little secrets. Oh faith, he loves that. we have all faith. We move mountains. But if you don't have love, friends, it counts for Zippo Zero. The reality is, friends, he's asking us to delight in him. Make him our highest priority, our most satisfying. Make him our everything, friends, and then everything flows from that. See, first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added. Friends, this flows. Love flows from this place. If we can just be consumed in understanding in this, friends, everything else, he's such a good God. It flows from that. Let me, let me uh, read, I've landed, let me read Genesis 17. You may be sitting there going, what? Genesis 17. Yes, I also was surprised at Genesis 17. <laughs> Listen to this little story. I'm landing. And God said to Abraham As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> you gotta just stop there for a while. <laughs> this, is, this is, I love the word. It's just awesome. God is declaring such an amazing thing. It's such a promise. And Abram just falls on his face. <laughs> you see, we laugh at, oh, Abram, what a silly guy. We do it. See, God promises us outrageous things. We fall on our face and we laugh. God wants to be outrageous with you. Outrageously lavish, outrageously generous. God wants to bless you. Do you know how you delight in God? Believe Him. I love that. I I stopped there. I just fell on the floor myself laughing for quite a while because... That's me. He speaks in such amazing ways. He tells us such amazing things. And we just, we just like laugh. We think, in fact, we think, sheesh, what did I eat last night? Sure, that yogurt must have been awful strong or something. Or. Then Abraham fell in his face and laughed and said, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Just pointing out that the promise sounded a bit funny, didn't it? God's told you, you're gonna thrive, you're gonna be a multimillionaire and you're sitting there and you can't put food on the table. (laughs) You fall on your face laughing. Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? (laughs) You've got a hundred-year-old and you've got a 90-year-old. That's some going. And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Please picture this. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God's promising him a mighty amazing thing and Abraham's going, no, no. no, no, no. How about this? Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, Shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you, behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation, for I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time. I don't know, I just I read it quickly because I want to go back to it now and see if you caught it. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said no. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. God said no to his prayer. This is what I want for you. I know what's good for you. I know this is what's right. I'm gonna give it to you. But then he said something else. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offering. That's with Isaac. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. God comes and he gives a promise and he declares something. Abraham falls on his face laughing, ha ha, no, 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 how about this? Please, I want this, I, I want this. And God answers and says, no, this is what's good for you, this is what's right, but he says something, he says, but I heard you. I wanna encourage you here today, what's speaking from this scripture, what's speaking from the word of God today, for every single one of us to grab hold of and understand, there's not one single prayer that God doesn't hear. You never get nothing from God. He's always hearing. So when you're crying out and you're asking him, saying, God, I want that Ferrari, please, give me that Ferrari. He says, no, you can't have a Ferrari, because I know, you've got speed problems you're going to drive the thing and wrap it around a pole. You're not going to have that, I've got this plan for you. But I've heard your cry. And you know what? (laughs) I'm going to make sure that you get tickets to the Ferrari show (laughs) and you get to drive in the Ferrari round with an instructor. Because I've heard you. Because he even says then, I'm going to bless Ishmael. Friends, He's a father. He knows our heart. He knows his kids. He knows him very well. This is a foolproof plan that God had here. It's foolproof. And thank God, because we are fools for Jesus. But it's even proof. It covers, covers all the bases. He says, come to me, ask. Come to me, seek. Come to me, Knock. I'm gonna give you good things. And even if you come to me and you're asking the most craziest thing, I'm gonna hear you. Friends, what is he saying here? He says, come on guys, let's pray. He said, come on children, let's go seek the Father. Come on children, let's go ask the Father. Come on children, let's knock. Because don't get so worried and caught up and I'm gonna sit there for 14 years to try and find out, is this the will of God or isn't it the will of God? Am I asking according to this and according to that? Who cares? Just go before your Father and just ask and seek and knock because He's a Father and He knows how to give you good things and He hears every single prayer that you and I make to Him. He hears us. And when He hears us, friends, there's never nothing, there's always something God is always wanting to bless. God is always wanting to release. He's always wanting to give His kids. Now if we catch that, friends, surely, surely it stirs up something in our hearts, even the most Hardened criminal. gets stirred up in their hearts. Man, that is lavish. That is amazing. That is beautiful. Man, it just got to make me kind of at least give a one line of prayer. Just maybe, just maybe, just a couple of minutes in the morning, surely. Surely when you see how good he is. Surely, surely there's a stirring in our hearts of delight. Man, you've got to be good. Wow. Man, you you know me. You know everything about me. And you say, come this. Have you ever noticed that this is, hasn't got a whole list of uh, conditions? Have you, have you ever noticed in that scripture? It's simply, you've got to be a child. Are, you, are we born again? Are we children of God? That's the requirement for that scripture. Sons and daughters. Just come before Him and ask, friends. And we're gonna get, what are we gonna get? We're gonna get the perfect gift. We're gonna get the good gift. We're gonna get the gift that's gonna bless us. We're gonna get the gift that's going to enhance our lives. Man, so even if I miss the mark, we win. It's a win-win, right? So I shared this this morning, just talk about it's delighting yourself in the Lord. He loves that we delight in Him. He loves that we believe Him. He loves that we trust Him. He loves that we go to Him and ask Him. Can I encourage you, wherever you're at this morning, whatever situations, whatever you're facing, He loves that you come to Him and ask Him. He loves that even if you're not sure where He is, you go and seek Him because you're going to find Him. He loves that maybe there's a lot of stuff going on in your life at the moment and you feel like I don't even know where he is and I I feel like he's left the country for a while. He loves all that you do is knock. Because man, he's a God who hears. I heard you. That little cry. I heard And everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, it will be open. God will open the door to you. Man, there's a feast waiting for us as a church. We've just got to believe him. We've got to hang in there. We've got to say, God, I'm not going to listen to the voices. I'm going to only listen to this voice. Amen. Shall we stand? Pray for us, it's not really a, a preach that um, I can, we can have a, a line or anything like that. This is not a laying on of hands thing. It's a, it's a, it's a heart matter. And um, yeah. I wanna encourage us. I wanna say, even from as your shepherd, that it's been an incredible journey over the last little while with 24-7 Church. And uh, at times, um, I felt him right there. At times, I felt him um, somewhere in the house. got to go find him. At times, I felt like there's been just a block but and like he's behind doors. But I really believe as I was praying, I really feel like God's saying, We're stepping into a new thing in God. I I, I hate saying new season. I just think it's a new thing in God. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. And I feel like one of the things that I felt the Lord say is that there's going to be financial breakthrough. I want to say that categorically as as the shepherd of the sheep having worked and walked with a lot of the folk here um, one of the major challenges over our lives has been finances. Some have lost jobs, some have lost contracts, some have uh, had people steal out from underneath their feet opportunities, jobs situations but God's been having us on a journey, because he doesn't just want us to have material possessions. He doesn't just want us to flourish in business. He doesn't just want us to have good marriages and a family. He wants us to delight in him first. So I'm going to pray a dangerous prayer, but a powerful prayer over us this morning. And I'm gonna trust the Lord that he is a good father and he will know how to answer this prayer and how to give us good things that we need. But Lord, I wanna speak and declare financial breakthrough over this church. I wanna thank you, Lord God, that when Jesus died on the cross, there always was an open heaven. But however the enemy has tried to stop the flow, or the flood of finances into this church and through into people's personal lives and in their businesses. I wanna thank you right now, Lord, that that stops today in the name of Jesus. That I wanna declare that I'm submitted to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ and I resist you, Satan, your demonic powers and you have to flee. Just as fear bowed its knee this morning, I thank you, Lord God, that lack and poverty has bowed its knee And I want to thank you, Lord God, for prosperity and blessing and a flood of wealth into this church, into individuals' hands in the name of Jesus. And it's a dangerous prayer, Lord, because I'm praying it, Father, with a trust and with a belief, Lord God, that this church, Lord God, as a church, we delight ourselves in you, Lord. And we just thank you that you can trust us with giving us the desires of our heart, Because as that finance is coming, Lord God, it's never gonna be damned. But it's gonna flow like a river. I wanna thank you, Lord God, that we can trust you, Lord God, to flow incredible wealth through our hands in the name of Jesus. I wanna thank you that millions of rand will flow through this church's hands, Lord. Not to build an empire, not to build a name, not to build a brand, but to build the kingdom of God. I wanna thank you that as we get lavished, as we advance, Lord God, as we get blessed, Lord God, with such incredible material possessions, I want to thank you, Lord God, that it's never, ever going to stop, hinder, or distract us away from the plan, the purpose, and that which you have called us to. Lord, I speak, speak blessing, Lord God. I want to thank you even for Graham as he gave that testimony this morning, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord God, that as, he, as they partner, Lord God, they bring favor and blessing as they partner with whoever they partner with, Lord. And wherever our businesses are or wherever we are part of, we bring the favor and the blessing to that business. And I thank you, Lord God, that that business prospers because we're there. That's why Abraham could tell and speak to Lot and say, listen, you choose, it doesn't matter. And Lot chose the fancy, beautiful, luscious valley with all all the wealth and all the lusciousness. And Abraham said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I go because wherever I go, I'm gonna bring the blessing. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord God, that wherever we go, we bring blessing. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you want to lavish us, Lord God, so that we can be a river and a flow of the goodness of God. I thank you, Lord, that as we delight in you, as we love you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, I want to thank you, Lord God, that we will love our neighbor as ourselves. I want to thank you for that scripture, Lord God, as I talked about asking and receiving. It goes on to say, so... So, which means just what I've said before, because God is so lavish, because He's so wonderful, because He's such a blessing, so then, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Thank you, Lord, for the lavish outpouring that will flow through our hands as you bless us, as you honor us, as you love us, because we're delighting in you. In the name of Jesus. Father, I ask right now, this is a heart work. Oh, Lord. Will you do a hard work on every single person here, Lord? Maybe we've been trying so hard to make something happen. All God's asking is delight yourself in Him. Seek first the kingdom and the rest will just happen. That job is just gonna happen. That opportunity is just gonna present itself. That promotion is just going to happen. That business deal and that contract is just going to happen. That great business idea is just going to flow as we delight ourselves in Him. So come Holy Spirit, I ask this morning. It's been a Holy Spirit morning. Will you come and will you do what only you can do? Will you bring to completion that which you've started even now from the words, the seeds that have been planted this morning? We ask that you would hover over this work. As I have declared the word, Holy Spirit, will you bring form to that word? The Holy Spirit hovers over the deep and brings form. Will you bring form to this word, that we can see it and we can taste and see that the Lord is good in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Love them so much. Bless them. Honor them. Thank you, Father, for them fighting for destiny. For the plan and purpose of 24-7 church, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that it's time to step into the new and see the lavishness of God begin to flow over this church and through our lives and into not just this community, but into South Africa and beyond, into the nations, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen.